What is up, BC? Welcome to The People Show, a show for the people, by the people. Join the conversation on the Dunbar Lumber text line 650-650. The smart alternative, visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver, online at DunbarLumber.com. I'm your host, Randeep Janda, joined by a man that is riding high after a great weekend. A great weekend. <laughs> Of watching sports. Israel Fair, what's going on? Good weekend, man. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, no no Bik Nazar again this week, uh, but you may hear him celebrating Manchester United's win over Liverpool that just wrapped up. That's that's right. And what do we know about Bick? Last time you were doing the show, yep. you were in beautiful West Vancouver. Yes, great show. He's always walking around. He's always he's always amongst he, He's us. on the scene. He's on the scene. Uh, we got Eddie Gregory and Josh Elliott Wolf producing the show. They are on the scene as well. And we're going to be talking to you for the next four hours a lot in store. Well, we're going to be talking to Don Taylor in hour two of the show. The Isles are finally making some moves, some that some that we expected to happen. And what does what does that mean now that Lou Lamarell has finally acted? In addition to that, turf trivia for your chance to win C's tickets. Don't at me for your chance to win Lions tickets. And we got some development with the People Show Fantasy Football League and a lot, lot more. But we got to start with the news of the weekend for BC sports fans. And it's not good news. It's bad news. Lions win, which is great. But Nathan Rourke gets injured, diagnosed with a Liz Frank sprain to his right foot after taking a sack versus Saskatchewan. And it's been a roller coaster year for the BC Lions. It, it was straight up, essentially, for the first nine games of the year. We were saying, oh, this is awesome. You yeah. One of the best players, if not the best player in the CFL this year. Putting up monster numbers. Mm-hmm. Wide receiving group putting up monster numbers. Defense showing that very different from last year. They get pressure on the quarterback without having to blitz a lot. Yeah. We saw that. But this weekend, fourth quarter, that play goes down. And now what do we know? He's out for a while. And the Lions, hopefully, and the way that they phrased their press release was, they're hopeful that he can return at the sometime later on in the year. But is he? What does this do to the chance of this team? Because, man, you got an MVP-level player out of the lineup now. It's it's tough. And when you know it happens in the game on Friday night, I'm sure fans are holding their breath. They're, they're, they're hoping for the best. The initial you know Twitter diagnosis was, this is probably not going to be good. It took a couple of days to get the, the official announcement. And when it is punctuated with, Hopeful that he can return. My immediate thought was, "Uh-oh, that's a, a very heavy emphasis on hopeful." And now you look at where this team is at, and Randy just detailed all of the other parts of the game. You know, there are weapons on offense that he was able to utilize. The defense has certainly improved and been more consistent. But he's been the engine, and that is going to have an impact on the team's performance and the team's play. And it's also going to have an impact on how people are going to engage with this team because we could see it climbing the way that he was playing, the performances that he was having in August. Had he continued that was if he was healthy heading into September, I could see people for the first time in a long time in the city getting really behind the BC lions and being invested. Now I still think people are going to give them a chance because the results have been there. The team has been there, and there are other reasons. It's not strictly a one-man team, but he's been the headliner, and it's going to be really fascinating to see how they, as a team, respond, and if they can keep that up, if they can continue to put themselves in that conversation with Winnipeg as 
the two best teams in the league. Yeah, a couple of things there. Uh, you mentioned how much better he's been. Look at the yardage. He's played nine games this year compared to some of the, you know, 10 played by Winnipeg and Zach Caleros. Nathan Rourke, 700 yards more than any other quarterback in the CFL. 25 touchdowns, eight more, sorry, seven more than any other quarterback in the CFL. Efficiency, sky high. When we're talking about completion percentage, just shy of 80. There is no other quarterback in the league as of right now that's played a lot of games that even has 70%. We're talking about this guy basically being just shy of 80%. So that's how good he's been. And we're going to talk to Neil McAvoy a little bit later on in the show in the next segment, actually. And how do you as a team, specifically focusing on the team, how do you as a team reset? And the co-GM and the director of football operations is going to join us in about a half hour's time. But that is going to be the big challenge for this team. You're right about the the business side of things and the fan interest level. But if you are a a football team that's seen him be magical this year, like that, that's the word for it. He's been doing things along with that receiving core that nobody else in the league has been doing. How do you as a team come back and say, all right, we got to reset and Michael O'Connor, it's your time. How do you do that? Because that's a huge shift. Now, the second thing, and you mentioned it, what does this mean for your interest in the BC Lions? Because they're still an 8-1 and team. They're still a team that is up there with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as one of the best teams in the CFL. And I think this week, there's going to be a lot of a lot of questions of what kind of team is this now without their star player? And I'm hoping there's a lot of support because you hope the young quarterback that's going to be stepping up into that position is able to to utilize his teammates who are, are very good, but you are, you're the backup. Yeah. How, what's your interest as far as what happens next? Because I think it, I think week one will be intriguing just as to see what you have with the player. Now as a full-time starter for the next X amount of weeks. As a fan, what do you feel like? Hit us up, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Is he, when you're watching that and when you're going to be watching the next game, like, Where's the interest for you based on what we've seen in the lead up? There's a, a climb, there's a, a peak in interest, mm-hmm. and maybe the lines haven't hit that peak yet, but it felt like it was steadily climbing. For sure. Obviously, this is a big point in their season. It is. And look, tactically, and this is a thing in football, it is such a strategic game. In hockey, you lose your best player. Yeah, sure, you, you, you mix the lines around, you try to figure out how to make up for that production. It's pretty difficult. We know in basketball, you lose your best player. If, if they are one of the best players in the league and that player is out, it's tough. A quarterback, sure, in football is obviously the position that you wouldn't want to have to replace. But we have seen, you know, the, the infamous, you know, Matt Castle season with the New England Patriots. And yep. no Brady, what, what can Belichick do? Oh, they still win 11 games. They'll make the playoffs. But they were able to maneuver things around and strategically, tactically, as someone who's a bit of a sports nerd who likes that stuff, I'm intrigued for sure. I'd like to see, okay, what decisions are they going to make? Are they going to refine the playbook a little bit? Are they going to go to more of a rushing attack? Obviously, Rourke and his athleticism and his rushing game was a part of that. So they're going to have to, they're obviously going to have to change some things. And that's interesting, but that's only interesting to a point. Yeah, it's for the first game, and if things go well in the first game, maybe the second game, and then then you start to go, okay, we have a we have a grasp on what this is. The things go bad in the first game, mm-hmm. 
it's got the potential to slide. And that's when you start talking about in more detail, what changes will they make to the offense or to the way that they're trying to play? And then some of the conversation that, and you mentioned this pre-show, Randy, are they in the market to see if they can get another quarterback? Like what can they do beyond this? I understand that they're still remaining hopeful that Rourke can come back at some point before the end of the season, which is the way that they put it. But as we know, in pro sports, teams are planning contingencies and backup plans. So even if they are optimistic that their hope is justified and that he can come back, you still have to plan to try to win as many games as they can or try to win in the playoffs. And right now, we will probably get a week, maybe two weeks of experimenting or or them at least trying to see if their their plan with uh, the backup quarterback O'Connor can work but it'll it'll be fascinating and it's, it's certainly a wrench in that that broader equation of, of the momentum that they were building yeah it's a unique spot for this organization because you know you have something special in this player but at the same time this injury is not one you can rush and if you rush it generally that comes with more problems down the road so you have to you have to make sure that you give the individual time to rest, and obviously with the surgery, that is vital. But there is also a time, it's a time for this organization right now to, with all the good vibes, how do you carry those on? And it's tough without your starting quarterback. But, you know, Michael O'Connor is going to be given a shot, and this is a guy that obviously, you know, we've known him here locally as well with his connections to UBC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kept an eye on him over the years. But it's a moment for him. But it's a moment for the organization to say, you got to take advantage of the good vibes here. you got to take advantage of that record that Nathan Rourke helped get you to. But if O'Connor can help you continue on that and be a very competitive team, you do it. But if you can't do that, to your point, you start looking elsewhere. I'm going to have the co-GM on in a little bit of uh, next segment here to just obviously talk about the, the impact on the team, but the way forward as well. If there's anybody that's seen a lot of Michael O'Connor, it's Neil McAvoy, and we're going to be discussing uh, where the Lions go next without their star quarterback, who is out for the foreseeable future. Hit us up with your thoughts, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. We've got this one from Marcus and Gibsons. Just need O'Connor to go full Spencer Martin, give the Lions some solid backup <laughs> performances. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's what you want. We got uh, some other ones uh, coming in here. Jeff from Mission. If the Lions do really falter after losing Rourke, does that also build a case uh, for his NFL chances? Hmm. Uh, I think from a personal perspective, yeah, hurt. the MVP conversation is a real one. Whether he's in the lineup, we've seen that. You look at the stats, he's been a game changer. Yep. But I don't know, I don't think you necessarily need this injury to, to pad those pad that confidence. It, the guy's been unbelievable this year. I'm sure NFL teams would rather see him out there yeah, him and see him yep. play. And I'm, the interest will remain, uh, assuming that the, the recovery is straightforward. But yeah, I mean, from the Lions perspective, you look at it, you know, trying to do what, what's the upside, what's the downside, what's the ceiling, what's the floor? Well, the downside is that you're going to see that his level of play was that high and that there's a reason that there was talk of NFL already based on what he's been able to do this season. And if they're not playing at that level, sure, maybe it's good for him because it shows just how well he was playing. But if the team starts to struggle or at least not playing at that level, 
it's it's disappointing for anybody. Yeah, I think we all acknowledge that he is the MVP of this team. So I don't know how much more valuable we can see him as. Uh, you know, you've got another another thought coming in there as well is that we often think about the the plays downfield and how he engages and you you know uses those receivers. The run game has been strong. Even in the last game, he has 60-plus yards on the ground. He's been their most effective rusher of the ball this year as well. So that's something I think moving forward, there's going to be a drop-off, but are there players within that lineup, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a running back, that can fill that void? Uh, Hit us up on that conversation, 650-650. You want to get some hockey talk going here as well. First segment of the show, you know it's going to come. You know it's coming. Got to throw in some JT Miller uh, connections here. (laughs) It is that time. The Isles sign Noah Dobson, Alex Romanov, Kiefer Bellows on a number of deals. And, you know, we talked about this with Sad on Friday as well. If there's any two teams left that may consider a trade, the two that were brought up were the Islanders and the Colorado Avalanche. Well, with the Islanders' moves... You missed it. Noah Dobson, $4 million annual average for three years. Incredible value for a guy that's going to be better every single year. Is he a shutdown defenseman yet? No, but is he trending in the direction Potential's of Potential's being... great. Yeah, the potential is, is through the roof with this guy. Romanov, that's a solid number for that defenseman that can eat minutes as well. And Kiefer Bellows is kind of like the, the third piece there. That's a nice deal, whatever. But the point is, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a deal. Let's, let's be real. But they don't have that much left in cap space. And I feel like, to me, it was always a long shot of any one of those defensemen getting traded to begin with. But now they've committed dollars. And anything we know here is if they're going to move any salary around, if they're going to make a trade, they're going to have to move some substantial salary around, the Islanders. It just doesn't seem like it. Hearing you know, Lou Lamorello's comments earlier today as well doesn't strike me as a guy that's ready to make moves. He feels like, he sounds like a guy that's confident in his team and is essentially saying, I hear the haters, we're going to be better this year. Now, where does that leave the JT Miller conversation? We know the extension talk really hasn't been non-existent since the draft. But we've also talked about potentials, potential landing points. The Isles were one of them. In my book, you can scratch that team off the list. Colorado is the only other one that we can really say, all right, second line center, What's their answer? Is it JT Comfort? Is it Alex Newhook? Seems a little ambitious for both of those guys. Comfort, comfortable as a, you know, he did a great job in the playoffs. Very steady player. But over 82, is he a guy that you'd look at? I mean, if you're trying to contend for the cup, you'd definitely like to slot someone there. And I think the world of Newhook, I think that guy's got incredible, talk about potential and what that high end might look like. Still a young player and still... Uh, for a team that is now trying to defend, trying to repeat, putting him in that spot as the two seed. It's, I mean, there were Miller links to Colorado um, at the deadline. And, you know, that was, I think, more speculation than anything, not, not anything particularly reported. But there's a reason because, as we've talked about a million times on this station, JT Miller can play center. That's a big bonus for him. And we've seen him play on the wing at a high level with elite players. So it's 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 a win-win for a team that's trying to compete. The conversation that we've all had about the Canucks is where are they yep. in that window? Are Because, of course, you're building out a team. You'd love to have that player. But the Avalanche, for all those reasons that you laid out, seem like the team that 
could make it work. Yeah, and there's been other teams I know that, you know, people bring up the Max Pacioretty Carolina conversation because he's out for some time. Does that potentially free up them to make a move? They can throw some money at LTIR. I don't really see that. I think if you're Carolina, you're saying we're going to go with the lineup we have. And when Pacioretty comes back, he will be kind of like a trade deadline pickup for us. Now, with Colorado, they don't really have, they don't necessarily need to make this move right now. They can wait it out. And that's why I think back, and I'm not a huge fan of this way of of executing um, during a season, you know, or essentially mapping this out. But the JT Miller trade conversation, if he is potentially, you know, if management has it to say, we're going to try to to move this guy on at some point, if we can't deal on a number, or seal a, seal a deal on with a, that number that both teams can agree upon. I wonder, and I've said this before as well, the trade deadline to me is a risk. It's a risk where you head into the season and you say, this is a guy that clearly is a high-end talent, but injury risk. Risk of maybe not playing all that well. All of these things are something that you have to work with when you've got an asset like that. But the way that this is kind of going down, it kind of feels like that's going to be the spot now. You know, we talk about pressure points and training camp will definitely be one because that's the pressure point for the extension. That's where you want to get this done for sure if you want to come back, right? Like if you're a player, you don't want to be dealing with the the stress of generally during a season negotiating within a, uh, a year. Whereas management, yeah, they probably don't want to hear the noise either. So you're trying to pick your best leverage point. The longer this goes, though, if we're talking about trade, I think the deadline is the way that the teams have now fallen off, fallen off the radar when it comes to JT Miller, is he? The deadline's looking more realistic. I'm not a fan of it, but it looks more realistic. Yeah, last week we did a show and you laid that out. And I thought about it since then. It makes a ton of sense. We just don't see that. In practice, it's so easy to say, We'll hold on to the player. It's a great asset. And we'll get to the deadline and we'll be able to capitalize. The examples of that actually happening are so few and far between. It is, it's a, it's a bit of a dream world. And look, this there's, they, they've been so patient with this. Um, even, you know, the conversations, I know Sat was talking about it last week on with you that you know, it, it sounds like they're going to probably start talking again sometime soon. Yeah. But, They've the Canucks have been very patient with this, and their message has always been, we like this player, we'd love to keep him, the numbers have to make sense, and part of that, from our understanding anyway, is that the market outside of Vancouver, whether it was the Rangers, whether it was the Islanders, whether it was New Jersey, whatever, that the packages that were being offered were subpar, yeah. and they weren't going to part ways with a player that they value, a player that they think is a legit difference maker for the packages that were being offered. And those teams now, the, even the ones that we were considering before, or the teams that maybe were considering JT Miller, the majority of them have kind of moved on. Whether it's Vinny Trocek in New York, whether it's spent dollars elsewhere on other positions, other key areas. So it does circle you back to the Colorado Avalanche. But with the Avalanche, they are the reigning cup champs. They're not under any time pressure to make this happen before the season goes. So the extension is probably what you're looking at as the first pressure point. And if that doesn't happen then you're kind of looking towards the trade deadline, but there are risks associated with that. So as always, JT Miller, landing spots until that extension is signed will always be a conversation. One team 
feels like has dropped off, leads us to wrong answers only. Yes, we have to bring it. Wrong answers only. Who is the leading contender to land JT Miller in a trade now? Teams have dropped off, Izzy. The ones that we had thought, the New Jersey Devils maybe back a few weeks ago, a month ago, they committed dollars. Carolina went for Max Pacioretty. Boston spent their money elsewhere. Even Calgary decided to go Nazem Kadri. And now, with the Isles, they've spent their money on defensemen. They're not making any trades. By the sounds of it, that's what Lou Lemerle is saying. Wrong answers only. Who is the leading contender to land JT Miller in a trade now? Well, after uh, the, the Premier League game today, it's, it might be Liverpool. Oof. They could use a wing. Last week we made forward. last week we made the jokes about Man United, but the, the, this this week the jokes on Liverpool. That might be a right answer as well. They need some they need some energy in their lineup right now. Some f bombs being thrown around the pitch. <laughs> JT Miller can definitely do that. I, I gotta say, who is the leading contender to land JT Miller in a trade now? If he's staying in Vancouver at least through the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. you know what I'd love to hear? JT Miller in a Spence Diamonds ad. Can you imagine him and Caleb in one ad together? <laughs> As it, it's like uh, the listeners of, of this station, uh, they're all, they're clamoring for more JT Miller talk, right? If he starts showing up in the ads, that's just that's the peak. That that would be like peak. While you're here, at the very least, make some uh, make some inroads, make some money. We got Kyle from Maple Ridge. Wrong answers only. The San Diego Padres. Hope JT doesn't have a ringworm. <laughs> yeah. Do we know? Uh, I'm not going to go there. Uh, sorry, not, <laughs> I, I have to correct myself. It's Callum, not Caleb, from Spence Diamond. How could I? How could I get that wrong? My bad on JT that. JT wouldn't get that wrong. No, he wouldn't. That's why he is the best. He's the professional. That's why he's the best option. Our wrong answers only. Have we all forgotten about the Calgary Canucks? It's obviously Calgary with Lucic coming back the other way. Marcus and Gibsons. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine that? That would not go over well. No, that's definitely a wrong answer. Six fifty. 650. Hit us up with yours. We'll get to more on the other side. But coming up next, co-GM and Director of Football Operations of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy, is joining us to talk about the team and how they're going to plan to react to the major injury to Nathan Rourke. Coming up next on Your Home of Hockey, Sportsnet 650. It is the People's Show, Sportsnet 650. Israel Fair, Randeep Janda. So no Bik Nazar. He's out celebrating Manchester United's win over Liverpool. Uh, that actually put United over Liverpool in the league table. You got me. There we go. There is Randeep. I'm back. back. So a little bit uh, behind the curtain here. Our studio right now. Um, we have to wear. Uh, we're close to having to wear hard hats. Almost. Here. There's a, a hole in the ceiling. There's garbage bags to my left. Is he sitting right next to them? There's a lot of Maybe wires. Maybe even on them. I'm not even sure. There's a lot of wires. They're kind of retooling this. So uh, my mic went out for a couple of seconds. I'm going to blame it on that process. <laughs> it is the People Show, Randy. It's two shows in a row. Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> that was a live on location. That, my, my mic went out last week. But uh, great job filling in there for about 15 seconds, Izzy. That's why, uh, that's why you're versatile, my that's friend. Why, that's why we're here. Uh, speaking of versatile, we got a lot of versatility in this BC Lions lineup. A lot of options. A lot of depth. And... As a team that's been playing very well this year, there's some adversity coming as well with the starting quarterback, Nathan Rourke, now being down with injury. Uh, We're going to talk about that, but also the team in general and where they're headed. Neil McAvoy, co-GM and Director of Football Operations, joins us now. How are you, Neil? 
I'm well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Great to have you on. And uh, we've got to start with the big story, of course. Uh, you know, the team wins on the weekend, but the sad news is that Nathan Rourke goes down with injury. Uh, first and foremost, uh, have you talked to Nathan? How is he doing? Uh, and, and just the, the process of, um, I guess, taking in this injury and understanding, uh, uh, you know, the details behind it. Yeah, um, we've we've had extensive talks with Nathan. Um, Nathan's was actually he was at the office yesterday getting some treatment, and uh, was obviously here today working with uh, the offensive staff putting together the uh, game plan. And uh, you know what, um, he's taking it in stride. I mean, obviously a young athlete, he wants to play. And um, you know, when when he has been struck with an injury like this, he's going to have to take a step back and uh, watch someone else take the reins um you know we were excited and we were happy with the way obviously the things he was doing and uh, now it's going to be uh, up to someone else to uh, come in and keep us uh, going in the right direction understanding that the the hope the optimism is that he can hopefully make a comeback this year and play and uh, certainly the excitement was building in the market because of the way that he was playing and the way that the team was performing uh from your standpoint how does that timeline with the hope that he can come back uh, potentially impact what what you as as a, as a front office might do down the stretch here. Yeah, I, I think you know what talking to doctors and talking. I mean, this is um, as I've said before in today's world. I mean, uh, timelines and everything else. You're comparing them to the previous days or previous years and years past. And technology's gotten better. Athletes have gotten better. Nathan's a phenomenal athlete, as we all know. He's a young man. So uh, my hope is is that um, he beats the odds and he is back on the field sooner than later. But at the end of the day, uh, he is a uh, young man, a young athlete who has a big future ahead of him, and, and, and we're going to do whatever is best for him so he can get back to the field as uh, healthy as possible so we can continue this uh, great season. It has been a phenomenal season. And, you know, there's the on-field aspect of this injury, which is obviously something that you and the team are going to have to deal with as time goes on here. But from Nathan's perspective, you know, 24-year-old quarterback, how do, you, how do you help the young man as he goes through the process? Because I imagine, you know, the type of competitor he is, the type of individual he is, he obviously wants to be there. He wants to be for the, there for the guys. But as a, as a co-GM, as a director of football operations, you know, what can you do as, uh, as an individual to kind of help this guy behind the scenes? Because I imagine that's kind of tearing him up inside. Yeah, uh, good question. The reality is uh, Nathan is a competitor and loves to work hard. And so um, I think to begin with, we're going to have to uh, hold him back a little bit um, just because I know he's chomping at the bit to get everything done and get the surgery done and then get back onto the field, which, you know, uh, because of the uh, type of surgery it is and because of the injury it is, he's going to have to be off that leg and off that foot for, uh, you know, a period of time. And, um, you know, um, we're just going to have to hold him back to be, you know, to be patient. And once he's ready, cleared and ready to go, I have no doubt that he will come back uh, as good as ever. People obviously were were taken by his high level of play, and uh, he's been the headliner for your team. But uh, the other aspects of your of your team have been hugely positive as well, and that there's a reason that the record is what it is. Uh, the players that are still around, the players that are going to have to step up uh, in Nathan's absence. What is the key uh, in your mind for 
the BC Lions to, to overcome this injury? Well, yeah, we still have to play at a, a high level consistency and a, a high level. I mean, uh, you know, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are coming in on Friday. They're not going to give us any breaks. They know what's going on, and um, you know, they're they're going to put us to the test. And as as a football team, it's a the you know the best team sport. All twelve guys on offense and all twelve guys on defense have to play together to make this thing run. So Nathan has been delivering great footballs to our receivers, but he can't catch them. So the receivers have been able to catch them and and you know gain the yards and the points that we needed. So we're just going to have to have everyone continue to play. Uh, we have all the confidence in the world in uh, uh, Mr. O'Connor, and uh, we're you know I'm, I'm excited to see him step up and uh, us continue on this this uh, great run. Well, you mentioned Michael O'Connor, of course. Uh, folks that you know pay attention to UBC and Penn State will uh, will na- know the name uh, as here locally. Uh, what makes you confident that this guy can get the job done? And then you know, obviously Nathan Rourke is Nathan Rourke, but uh, what what kind of uh, you know effort and what kind of results do you expect from Michael O'Connor? Well, that's a good question too. We we've you know going into this season, uh, you know Nathan was an unknown, and everyone was questioning what we were doing. Why are you playing this kid? Well, we saw him practice all last year. We saw him take first team reps. We saw him at training camp. And Michael O'Connor is no different. He's doing all the things that we have asked him to do. He's making all the reads. He's a different type of quarterback, as you'll see, but certainly a a quarterback that's you know has a phenomenal arm and has a you know a great pedigree for the for the position. So um, this is a good opportunity for the young man to come in and show us, uh, you know, show the city and show everyone what he's got. As someone that's uh, been with the Lions for a long time, been in football for a long time, what are the, I guess, the traits that you've been most impressed by or most proud of with the group this season? You know what? Uh, yeah, great. We we are such a good family football team. Like if you go down to, to our locker room, those guys in the locker room truly love each other. And, you know, it's a testament after the game. We had just won. Saskatchewan is one of the hardest places to play a football game. I don't care what division, what country. Saskatchewan Rough Rider football is amazing. Mm-hmm. And on a, on a side note, all your all your fans listening right now, if you ever, I don't care what level you like, I don't care what league you like, do yourself a favor. If you're a fan of football, go to a game in Saskatchewan. But back to my point is, is that those guys just love each other. And they were down after the game because Nathan got hurt and Nathan grabbed everyone together and said, hey, guys, we're still in this together. We're still going to do it together. So I'm just proud of the team in general and how much they really care for each other and work for each other. And that's from from the experience that I've had, the teams that really care for each other in the locker room, it translates to on the field. And so far, that's exactly what we've seen. You're listening to The People Show. We're joined by Neil McAvoy, co-GM and director of football operations for the BC Lions. We had the uh, the pleasure of talking to Coach Campbell a couple of weeks ago here on this show, and he talked about how adding depth was a, a key you know point for, for this team and a key you know, focus for the team in the offseason where you come back, whether it's the defensive line, whether it's the wide receiver position, that you know adding, adding a few bodies there. We've seen that. The wide receiver group is unbelievable this season. Uh, the defensive line with uh, the 10 individuals you could essentially roll out there in any given game, uh, you've added that. You know, how important was that for you to say, all right, we know we have skill, but we also understand there's going to be problems during the season or you just need a different look that we need, we need five, 10 guys that can do this. Yeah, we, we've done it. We, you know, starting in December, we sat down and, and, and put a list together of the guys we wanted to uh, obviously, you know, look at during free agency. And we were able to retain the guys we wanted 
Uh, we had a good list of, of, of current group. I was telling everyone last year, this is a young football team that just uh, the reality is we're going to be better as the year and the years go on because these guys are young and getting older and still under contract. So those are the, you know, the fruits of the labor that we've been working on. And you know what? Uh, we're just going to continue. And we have a good group of guys that aren't, haven't been able to get onto the field yet just because we have such a you know, good depth with this football team. And unfortunately, in the sport of football at the professional level, guys get hurt. And so now it's time for everyone else to step up and the guys who haven't been given the opportunity to come up and now it's their, their, their time to shine. Well, the job of a GM, as you know, is constantly looking for that next talent. With the Nathan Rourke injury, uh, you know, there are individuals that you have within the building, but are you, are you looking at adding at that position? As of right now, no. We still have, um, you know, we have three guys, including Nathan. So Nathan's the fourth now um, that we're very confident in. Um, Kevin Thompson's a young man who had been on, um, he played the, the game in, in Calgary in the preseason. We liked what he did. We still have Antonio Pipkin and, of course, Michael O'Connor, who will start Friday night. So we're confident in the three guys that uh, we will have in uniform uh, Friday against Saskatchewan. It has been, you know, th- this feels like, I don't know, fans have gotten so behind this team and, and gotten into Nathan Rourke that it felt like the, the team was going to peak and that there would be this interest and in, around the team heading past Labor Day and into September. Uh, now the circumstances are a little bit different, but I think that the, the, the attraction toward the team, the appeal toward the team has stayed. What are your expectations uh, coming home and, and, and closing out this uh, home and home with the riders in professional football everyone has to step up and my expectations is we go onto the field friday and win a football game you know we still have uh, our all-stars like lucky whitehead and brian burnham and our offensive lines playing well our running back position has stepped up from the previous year so um, our defense we're leading the league in, in the amount of points that are scored against us so i expect everyone to continue to play at a high level and uh, give michael support so we can support him and win as a team I want to get your thoughts also, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, the ownership group and what Amar Doman has, has meant to the group. I've seen the videos of him being in the locker room, wearing the shoes, the orange shoes, just, you know, we see it, we feel the vibe from a distance. What has that, you know, that positive mindset, having a, a, an owner like Amar Doman meant for you guys within the building? Uh, amazing. Uh, Amar, not only in the building, but also in the market. Um, you know, uh, God bless David Braley. He did a lot of good things for this football team, but he wasn't here to see the day-to-day what the fans were thinking and uh, or what the fans felt. So Amar is here. He's got the pulse of this football team, and it shows. It shows. Everything that we're doing is, is around his vision, and, uh, you know, his vision is, is exactly what this team needed. And so I'm excited to be a part of it, and I'm excited to keep on going uh, the winning ways that we're doing. Neil, before we let you go, I wanted to read this text we got while we are talking to you. Steve from Nanoost coming in with, I went to elementary school with Neil McAvoy, so I know he's doing a great job with the BC Lions, wondering if the Leos are looking at the trade market. We asked you that question, but uh, there is, uh, there's a lot of love, and Steve from elementary school wants to say hello to you as well before oh. we say bye. Nice. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, <laughs> great. There's always, you know what, my phone's always on. I've made calls. Calls have been come to me, but as of right now, um, we're going to stick with what we have, and uh, you know what? But hey, next week's a different week, so uh, keep uh, keep keep us posted, or you guys got to keep posted to see what we're going to do. Great, thank you very much, Neil. Appreciate it. Yep, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate thanks, it. Neil. Bye. There he is, Neil McAvoy, co-GM and director of football operations, BC Lines uh, Elementary School connection as well. Remember, People Show represents everybody. It's a so community. You, you got a connection to somebody? Bring it up. I remember when uh, Brad Hunt signed with the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Now a member of the Colorado Avalanche. People from. The area we're saying, I went to school with them. Yeah. Uh, they're giving their like 
family relations and, <laughs> and you know, he, I fixed his car once. So there you go. Neil McAvoy's got a connection as well. Yeah. Look, it's uh, everything that he said from the day-to-day about what, what is going to happen with this team uh, without Nathan Rourke is completely valid and, and is going to be intriguing to, I think, the bigger strides. It does feel, uh, before the show, you were saying, you know, we... It's not a funeral, even though it kind of feels that way yep. because of how shocking, not shocking in the sense that the injury itself was you know, a brutal injury to watch or anything like that, but shocking in the sense that it, it just seemed like the sky was the limit and all of a sudden the bottom gets taken out from under you. And here we are with a team that still has a great record that was building that momentum. What can they do as a football team? And to hear Neil, someone who's been in football, been with the Lions for a really long time, talk about, look, this is a team sport at the end of the day. We have faith in our other positions. We have faith in the defense that we have built. And there is that understanding. If you ever watch any stuff like the Hard Knocks and uh, those kind of inside football shows, when adversity, quote unquote, hits and a major player gets injured, the intensity that the other position groups take that with is unbelievable yeah like they they realize okay we have to be a little bit tighter we have to be a little bit better we know that the play calling might be a little bit different because this guy's not in there we're not going to be able to do the same sort of packages that we have with our starter and they all they're all cognizant of that because it is all of football is such a game that relies on other people yeah you don't have your get out of jail free card to take a monopoly reference here right like when you have an MOP candidate through nine games this season. It felt like, all right, you know what? Special teams, a couple of weeks ago especially, wasn't great. It was pretty poor, actually. But that's all right. You come back against, you know, in that game against the Stampeders, you end up winning because you have Nathan Rourke. You have a defense that can hold it down when you need them to. They put up 40 on, you know, the lines that night, but that's all right. When you needed the defense, they stepped up. You might not have that anymore. And I, I think that's why... With Michael O'Connor, it's a tough spot for the young guy. He's 26 years old. He's actually older than Nathan Rourke. But right. in terms of experience, in terms of being put in a spot, it's a difficult spot. You're replacing, you're going to be judged against the guy that was Playing MVP, at an MVP Yep. And he was spreading out the ball, you know, four or five receivers. Yeah, they were, you know, super two, impressive. 200-yard receivers again last week. He put up 375, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of yardage. Like, the numbers are up there. It's going to be tough, but... That's why you need those other sides of the ball to be that much better. And special teams is the one I look at. Kind of been up and down pretty Mm -hmm. much all year long. Can you get a little bit more from them uh, on that side of the ball? Because you're going to, previously, maybe it didn't matter as much with Rourke. Because he'd get you Well, the game against Calgary. Sure. A couple of weeks ago where give up a kick return. All of a sudden, and and, uh, I was listening to the broadcast and they were saying... um, Look, special teams is going to let them down in this game. They, they they might lose this game because of special teams. What do you know? Nathan Rourke comes back, leads them down the field, game-winning field goal. Uh, the way that he played in that second half after uh, you know a rough start by his standards, people are talking about, you know, this is maybe the worst game he's played this season. He threw a couple picks. He still threw for 400 yards and was able to drive down the field and do all the things that you expect from a high-level quarterback. I don't care what league, what level you're watching. But now... You said it, Randeep. It's not, you don't have your get-out-of-jail-free card. You don't have that foundation. Everything's got to be a little bit tighter. We got um, you know, we got some thoughts coming in on Nathan Rourke, but we also had the wrong answers only that we introduced a little bit earlier on. 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Get in now. 
The New York Islanders make their moves, transactions, signing players that they needed to sign, and money is now spent on that roster. So you can probably scratch another team off that list of going after JT Miller if he's available and if they can't sign an extension with the Vancouver Canucks. Leading us to wrong answers only. Who is the leading contender to land JT Miller in a trade now? The right answer may be the Colorado Avalanche, but we're not looking for a right answer. We're looking for the wrong answer, 650, 650, and there's a few. There's a few. We got this one. Uh, there's a lot of right answers coming in. I think people <laughs> maybe don't get the... We've, we've been only doing this for like, what, eight months, this segment. But we got <laughs> we got this one. Dan and Fort St. John, wrong answers only. The Canucks D-Corp will land Miller. Make him a right shot D, two birds, one stone. Miller Hughes bearing? That'd be, that'd be a very like thunder and lightning. Right? One guy's <laughs> understated, the other guy's cursing up and down the ice. I'd love it. Uh, Snoop the Dog coming in with Cool Wet Miller. Another Spence Diamonds reference. Others we have here. We got uh, more wrong answers only. Phil, basketball Phil, coming in with this one. Brooklyn is the leading contender to get JT Miller. Straight up for KD. We ever seen KD skate? KD would like Vancouver, though, from what I understand. It's true. That's true. Francesco Aquilini, can you get a basketball team? Maybe two-sport athlete. Nobody's done in hockey and basketball. Though he's apparently soured on Steve Nash, so maybe mm. maybe he doesn't want to come to, to the homeland. It kind of feels like Vancouver's kind of soured on Steve Nash, too, though. Right? Like the Whitecaps experience? Yeah. It hasn't been a smooth one for Steve Nash. No. I know you're a Steve Nash guy. Yeah. This is hurting you inside, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, we got this one. Wrong <laughs> answers only. JT Miller to Basanth Motors. He's already a Basanth Motors representative. Unless you're talking about, like, Salesperson yeah. at Sun Motors. <laughs> He's going to the front office. Speaking of two sport athletes, uh, we got this one. Leaf hater Steve. The Abbotsford Canucks have the best shot of landing JT Miller. That would that'd be a, a turn for the worst for uh, JT. The a sending getting sent down to the AHL His commute would get a lot worse. Hit us up 650, 650 with your wrong answers only, and uh, we got a lot of um, opinions. I wonder how people feel about this next thing I want to talk about though. We can we can bring it up here. I don't know if you saw this. If Tim Hortons, mm-hmm. Tim Hortons is in a apparently, apparently Izzy, they're coming out with a product that I never thought I never thought Tim Hortons would ever venture to do. Pizza. Tim Hortons pizza. What do you what do you think? Like the first time I mention it. Are you intrigued? Are you interested? Or are you saying, nah? Are you loving or are you listing it to bring up a, a, a people's sure. reference? It's listed. All right, why? I think I know why, but I want to ask you. you okay. Let's, I, I want to know. There are a lot, you know, to, to channel my Dan Riccio. You know, I have a high standard for pizza. I don't imagine Tim Hortons is going to. It's gonna hit it, you know. So I'm not, definitely not going. It's not there. a low bar. No, pizza is supposed to be good. Yeah, right? you're okay. you're a huge pizza guy, big time. I've eaten a lot in my, my life this past <laughs> yeah, weekend. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you love pizza. I love pizza. I don't get into this physical shape by not eating pizza, all right? <laughs> um, this is a list it for me. Has to be. Tim Tim Hortons is an iconic Canadian brand. Yeah. Obviously, now it's growing. Like, we were talking about it last week, I think the week before, how they're going into India, and they've got, like, yeah. really innovative menu items, and it's like, I'm intrigued, but I'm also kind of, like, kind of a little worried because... <laughs> yeah, the concern is there. Indian food is not supposed to be bland. No. So don't mess it up. 
don't mess up Indian food yeah, by that's making That's disrespectful. It. I have the same concerns with pizza. Yeah. Pizza. Wait, okay, well, when you uh, go to- Are there mocks? Uh, is there photos of what it's supposed to look like? Yeah. yeah like, is it like going to stand- be more like a flatbread kind of, you know, just kind of cheese it, on I wonder dough? how they're going to cook it, right? I mean, good like, question. What are they going to do? It's going to be in their bagel plus- oven. That's just it. Is it just going to go through the bagel oven and come in barely cooked? Okay, I see it's just going to sit here. there for an hour and they're just going to hand it to you. It's kind of flatbreadish. It is. But like Okay, it's flatbread pizza. 20 locations. Oh, 20 locations in the GTA. So, it won't be coming here, but if it if it hits if it hits in Toronto, we know their standards are lower than the West Coast. But if it hits in Toronto, <laughs> it no, could be a No here. lies detected. Now, my, the question I have is, when you go to Tim Hortons, what do you go for? What do you purchase? Donut. Exactly, right? Like, it's you'll get something else, but you're usually going for Timbits, or you're going for a donut. Yep. I mean... Like, uh, you might get a coffee on the side, or, you know, I've ice worked cap or early morning radio shifts, and uh, the breakfast sandwich is, you know, it's... It's Fair. fuel in early morning radio shifts when there's not a lot that's open. Breakfast you can get sandwich. away with sandwiches at Tim Hortons. They're not the greatest, but no. they're decent. Yeah, they're okay. Okay, I'll go breakfast sandwiches, bagel, if I just want a quick grab Yeah, and bagel, go. bagel and donuts. Like sure. a bagel, cream cheese, but bagels, there, you have to double toast them. Even then, they're not really that well cooked. No, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. A bagel connoisseur over here, Eddie Gregory. That's a, that's a strong <laughs> take, my friend. Strong take. Hey, work early morning in radio. As you know, you consume exactly. some bagels, and that's they're not true. very good. I, I've had my fair share of bagels there. But, like, my point is, you don't go for generally, and correct me if I'm wrong, folks, you don't usually go for, like, the food. You're not, you're not like, all right, time for lunch. Let's go. Let's see what the, the flavors of, of that lunch menu. The, the pizza I worry about, will it be too bland? Like, Probably. I'm worried for pizza. I'm worried for, the, <laughs> I'm worried for the, the well-being of pizza here. Will there even be a level of zip in the sauce, as an example? Yeah. And you, we know that the you know, whatever salami or pepperoni on there is going to be as, as bland and probably greasy as it gets. I'll yeah. try with crusty. Yeah. I, okay, Colin from the Caribou. I'll try Timmy's baked pizza before I try any of their Bieber products. So Colin <laughs> I don't from know, the Caribou man. is not some a believer. Timbits, I've never had them, but some of those Timbits seem appetizing. That, yeah. Okay, the Tim, Tim Beebs. I'm, I'm the Tim Beebs. That's what it's called. I'm actually the opposite. I'd rather try the Tim Beebs. I haven't tried them yet. Yeah. Than the pizza. Me too. The pizza, like, man, you mess up pizza for me. I don't know if I can ever forgive you. Like, McDonald's pizza is nostalgic, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they come back with it, I'll be one of the first people. Li- I bother McDonald's social media to bring it back. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> it's one of my passions. But that's nostalgia. I don't know. I don't remember what the pizza tasted like. Yes. That pepperoni. And also, McDonald's doesn't have many vegetarian options. So that was a rare thing that they'd ever have. Tim's, I don't know, with pizza. We got what, a lot what of- if, the, I mean, the, the, the ultimate test here is night out, Ooh. had a few drinks. You're, you're a little your sloppy. You're on your way home. Yeah. Not many food options. You don't want don't to order something. You, you, Tim's is right there. So if, if it's open, would you go in and, and get some pizza, some sustenance? So what are you suggesting that Tim's... Is- that, I think I might. And But are they making that pizza fresh at that hour? I'm, that's a big question. Yeah, that's- but Eddie, Eddie... Honestly, when you're that it on the matter. sauce, do you really matter? Although, does no, it matter? I'll say this. I lived in Toronto for a few years, and pizza, pizza, if I'd been out on the town, had some drinks, and I walked, I was, you know, I Your needed standards some drop. I would No, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get would. pizza, pizza. No, I okay. couldn't do it. All right, we got a lot of pizza takes coming in all of a sudden, so uh, keep 
texting those in 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. It feels like people are, I don't know if they're divided, but they got opinions on this. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Canucks. Interesting quote from Nazem Kadri last week as he signed with the Calgary Flames. And the Canucks do factor into the quote. I'll tell you what is next on your home of hockey, Sportsnet 650.